Hello, I'm Zipporah, and it's season three of Talking Blind, where we are working hard in the areas of employment, education, assistive technology, socialization, children and family, and so much more. I hope you enjoy our up and coming episode. Please stay tuned. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. I am so glad you came back to join me. This is my very first to be continued interview. If you joined me last Monday, you were with me to interview Tashara, who has been my friend for going on 20 years this October. And, you know, we got to talking and she started telling us about her educational background and some of the things she's faced with her job and school. And we just kind of just went overboard, of course, (laughs) as friends tend to do when they get together. And so I did not want you guys to miss out on some of the tips that she has for getting over uh, some of the obstacles in her her work. Um, So today I am bringing her back to tell you a little bit more about some of the barriers that um, she faces when um, her job uh, has her go on travel and some of the other work-related issues that she uh, faces and how she's overcome them. So again, I hope um, you've enjoyed that episode and I hope you were there on Friday where one of our listeners from Monday asked Tashara to build our question and answer uh, segment. And uh, I think that went quite well. So uh, again, you're in for a treat. And I hope you enjoy this episode just as much. Stay tuned. As I said before, my next guest is like a sister to me. She was diagnosed with Stargard's disease at the age of 21. She holds a Bachelor's of Arts in Education from Florida Atlantic University as well as a Bachelor's of Science in Applied Psychology and a Graduate Certificate in the Cognitive Sciences from the University of Central Florida, where she is currently pursuing two master's degrees. Now, her first master's degree is in Instructional Design and Technology with a specialization in Instructional Systems. Her second um, master's degree will be in um, modeling and simulation with a specialization in human systems. Ms. Tashar Cooper is a research psychologist at the Naval Air Warfare Center Training Center uh, Division. And, you know, she has worked very hard to get where she's at. And I am so very proud of her. And I am so very pleased to be able to share my friend slash sister um, to all of you. And I hope you enjoy getting to know her uh, just as much as I have. Um, welcome my next guest, Mr. Shara Cooper.
Well, thank you again, Tishara, for joining me for our To Be Continued. And so not to uh, take any time, we're going to jump right in. And can you uh, let me and my listeners know a little bit about some of the barriers that you have to face with your uh, job and uh, some of the things that you've done to kind of overcome those barriers? So there is a travel requirement aspect to my job, and that travel can be for the purposes of training or for the purpose of supporting a project and or program. So barriers associated with that would be transportation. Um, Other barriers can be accommodations. Some places I have to travel to may not require me to have, uh, allow me to have laptop and you know, whatever assistive technologies that I may travel with that have Wi-Fi or web-based, you know, those capabilities on it because the spaces you're going to are classified. So, you know, you're walking into it without having those um, accommodations available to you. That means um, printing out your materials if you're presenting or someone else is presenting in the hopes of getting that stuff ahead of time before you get there so that when you do arrive, those things can be handed to you and then using some just hand-based, you know, low-tech, you know, on the scale. You know, if we're looking at the continuum of assistive technology from low to high, just on the low scale, whether it be a handheld magnifier or something like that, um, to be able to see the material, um, being able to preview preview it ahead of time before you actually have to head out um, to travel to that location. Um, Transportation, some of the places I go to, there are bases, and they do not allow ride-sharing services um, to enter onto the base. So that means being having to get dropped off outside of the gates. And hopefully you, that's a situation where you have a supportive colleague that's able to come and pick you up that work at the base to which you've traveled to and can come get you and carry you in and then and head to your meeting location. Um, and sometimes that's it could be same day where something like that's happening. Like I'm, I'm traveling out to a place, the meeting is happening that same day. So I can take the ride sharing, you know, looking at costs. Um, so usually I'll try to reduce costs as much as I can to, when I'm having to travel for a program, because when you are somebody that's vision impaired, at times you can cost the program a little more. And so I try to cut those costs down as much as possible. So doing a comparison between, okay, if I traveled here by air versus traveling, you know, by car using a ride share, is there a savings there? You know, is there cost savings, time savings, just efficiency, you know, um, advantages to whichever way it has, you know, it has to go. You know, um, that kind of, you know, takes me back a little bit. I can remember when I used to work out at McDill Air Force Base, um, when I used to take a cab on from time to time, I would have to get out and, you know, uh, at the gate and then, you know, finish the rest of the way on to the base. And I never stopped to think about Uber and Lyft because they're just regular cars. I, I totally did not think about them not being able to get on the base. Um, so, you know, that, that is still a, a barrier when it comes to, you know, government jobs and working, you know, on different um, bases. But now that you are um, working from home because of the COVID-19 situation, 
you know, how has your transition been for you? Now that we are amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, there are some changes that have happened. Um, first, I just am really blessed to be able to have um, the opportunity to work from home and not have too much um, financial disruption associated with that. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there where that's not the case, and so I fully recognize that. Um, and you know, I just want to make that clear. Um, so the transition to working um, in an office setting to now being um, at an at-home at office setting has been, overall, I can say, pretty well. I think the only two things that uh, are missing is, number one, when I do have a technology-associated issue to where, by phone, um, it could not be solved. You know, I am without the use of or having access to on-site tech support, where if I was at the office and I was having a technology issue, submit a ticket, a trouble ticket, and it's something that can be handled by field services, then an individual would come over to my desk to solve the issue. Thankfully, I have not had technology issues to where that would be a requirement. I think I mention it because if I were to have, I fully am acknowledging the fact that I would be without that benefit. The other thing is um, the face-to-face -face social interaction. Not the virtual face-to-face, -face, but like face-to-face, -face, you know, um, interactions. Every once in a while I may take a walk around the building um, during lunch with a colleague or something. Just, you know, getting out, getting in the fresh air and having a little uh, a moment to just have some small conversation, you know, for 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, before heading back into the building. So that would be the only two things I would say for the most part. You know, there's nothing perfect, right? And so you have that 80-20 dynamic where people talk about 80%, you know, 20%, you know, and, you know, I'd rather have the 80% than doing with and do without the 20%. So the 80% um, benefit of it is that the transportation uh, is usually a big stressor. And so not having to deal with that, the paratransit, service day to day because you have your the times in which I'm wanting to get to work is pretty early and so that means I'm having to wake up extra 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 early to be ready for a ride that will pick me up and just drive me around for a while and then dropping off picking up and then drop me off at my work location and, you know and the whole time I'm sitting in the vehicle I'm thinking you know if I could drive I would could totally have just been home getting a little bit extra sleep versus driving around and doing this. You know, I fully understand and appreciate there's others in my situation, others in similar situations, others who have other types of situations that require us to use that paratransit. But I got to say, when you're only like 10, 15 minutes away from your house, um, from your job, and you have to sit on a bus for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> I wish I could drive thankful for the service and that it exists because it's filling a legitimate need but man I could have gotten an extra hour of sleep or something so that not having that um and getting me late to work you know 
because my rides are set, a set pickup time, a set pickup time. And so if I get to work late and then they're coming and picking me up exactly on time, then that means I'm down some time. So I have to try to make those up during the week, meaning one way it could be made up is just by them naturally being late picking me up and extending my workday, or it's having to come in on a day I'm normally off um, to make up that time. So I don't have to, I don't have that on me right now. And also the, the pickup times, you know, being picked up and having to be on the bus for a while, several hours. Seriously, I'm not lying to you when I say I'm like 15 minutes from my job. And when I have to be on the vehicle for two to nearly three hours after work, it's very hard sometimes, you know, um, those things improved somewhat, um, but it's just when it does happen, even if it hasn't happened for a while, when it does happen, it's still kind of like, oh, I wish I could drive, you know, because I would have been home two and a half hours ago <laughs> doing other things um, and me doing school and, you know, my sons and wanting to make sure they're doing what they have to do and staying on top of that, plus staying on top of my own work. You know, honestly, I got to tell you, I'm usually really exhausted. And I always used to think it was funny, like when family, like when I was younger and I'd have family who worked in office settings and they'd come home and talk about how tired they were. And in my mind, I would be, I would think like, but you're sitting down all day. Like, how can you be tired? And now I know when you're sitting all day and, you know, working from a computer all day you're sitting in front of a computer minus meetings you may have here and there minus the times you do travel um, and get a little break in that. It's really it's just you're in front of a computer and it's like all day. And so when I take classes, most of the time I'm taking classes that um, are online. I've taken a few mixed mode where I only have to meet a couple times in person throughout the semester. And I've taken some where I'm meeting every week, you know, um, and I get off of when I get out of work. So, you know, it's also that added I'm stressed of, you know, the times where I do have to stay because it's for school. Like I'm taking a class that requires me to actually be at the class physically. And then the longer wait times associated with that, getting out at nine o'clock at night and then the long wait time for transportation. And so it's really been a blessing to number one, this semester, both my classes were online. And although it's been, you know, it's been a tragedy for a lot of people. It's caused a lot of problems. I've had some classmates that have had to drop out of the class due to COVID. And I'm not sure the details on that, but you know, there's situations that have happened. And so I feel really blessed that Number one, I didn't lose my job. Number two, um, I was able to transition from working in an office setting, formal and working from home. Um, the flexibility that's associated with that, the removal of the transportation stressor um, has been great. It really has been great. Um, I'll know what I'm going to do when I have to go back to that. Um, but being able to be home and not have to deal with that, I just got to say it's a... It's great. It's a great 
for me, you know, it's like transportation is like, it's that stress thing. It's like, that's that thing every day getting to and from where you got to go. And at times you have to take multiple trips. You got to get here, then there, and you're squeezing in ride sharing in between there to, you know, be more efficient or not have to wait too long. And just the cost, the time and all of that to being able to be at home, shop groceries online, (laughs) like, you know, just not being with the whole three bag minimum here, our transportation service, you know, when you go to the grocery stores, like a three bag minimum, you can't have more than three bags. So a lot of times I'll bring my sons so I can be able to bring more bags on, or I have like really big reusable bags. Although now stores aren't really allowing you to use that, but I'm saying at the time when I did. So, so yeah, transitioning from in the office to working from home has been a lot of benefits. Um, you know, Small things that have had to be an adjustment, but for the most part, it's been really good for me. It has been really, really good for me. Oh my goodness, my girl is something else. (laughs) But you know what? She is so right because transportation is such an issue for. us visually impaired people that are working, you know, again, that, that getting picked up early and sitting on that, that transit uh, for hours when you only work 15 minutes, I, I experienced that same thing when, um, before I, I moved from Vegas, when I, I had my cafe, having to be there early, um, sometimes the building wasn't even open. And so it's like five o'clock in the morning, it's still dark outside. And they picked me up from home and took me straight there. And I mean straight there. And normally they, they, they pick me up and they, they got me on there for hours. But sometimes they would just take me straight there. And I'm sitting out there for an hour and a half or two hours before the building even opens. And it wasn't even a great neighborhood, you know. But, you know, right now, for those that are able to work at home and that are visually impaired and have to pay for transportation, or even if you're not visually impaired and you were paying for transportation, I mean, that is a big savings back in your pocket, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm glad that she brought that point up because, um, you know, there are a lot of pluses to uh, being able to work from home. I mean, it also is allowing for um, other visually impaired people who currently were unable to find jobs to be able to get some of these online jobs that are being offered because, again, they're from working at home. And so um, a lot of the uh, companies, they're not seeing that liability that they normally see when you walk into an interview. So, um, you know, yes, we have a whole lot of negatives. And I mean, we do have a whole lot of negatives due to this COVID-19 situation. And it doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. You know, they did allow people to go back out and, um, and as we can see that all the numbers are increasing, people are, you know, getting um, the coronavirus and, you know, we have a lot of, you know, people dying from this. And again, you know, we just really have to take precaution. And even though like right now um, I'm out on travel, it's not because I, I just want to go out and hang out with people, um, you know, for one, me, I just, you know, being at home by myself, just it, it was getting old. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm not out visiting people. I'm, you know, 
confined basically um, in a vehicle all day, except for, you know, when we step out to, you know, um, of course, you know, you know, do the things that we need to do, but we're masked up, we do our, you know, we keep, you know, make sure you stay clean, sanitized, you know, make sure you wash your hands properly, you know, um, and again, you know, like if I'm sitting outside or something, you know, we, we stay away from people. We don't interact. Uh, there's not a lot of social interacting. Um, so again, even if you have to get out and do things, still stay safe. You know, I know a lot of people really hate wearing a mask. Trust me, I hate anything that touches my face. Um, I am very big on that. But, you know, it's for not just your safety, it's for other people's safety. And so just remember, again, respect, you know, the people that are around you. And even if it's not your thing, you know, try your best to wear your mask when you're out amongst the public, you know. When you go in the stores and things like that, if not, then, you know, hey, order your stuff online. But, you know, I know you have your right to do what you want to do. But, again, you're taking other people's rights away, too, by not um, protecting yourself and them. So, again, I'm going to get off that soapbox. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, um, I hope you really uh, got some information from what Tashari had to say about working at home. Now, I am not going to end this episode without telling my girl happy birthday and uh, a pre-congratulations on finishing up your testing and getting those, um, those other requirements out the way and getting that double master's done um, this month. So, again, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Love you, sis. Have a good one. Once again, that is the end of our episode. I hope you have enjoyed learning more about how blind and visually impaired individuals are working hard in our community. I want to thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family and helping grow my listenership. I want to thank you for your donations to keep the podcast going. I am excited about bringing you more content and introducing you to more individuals that are blind and visually impaired and working hard. I hope to see you on our next and up and coming episode. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.